Good morning, listeners. <laughs> this is the Creative Brother, and I want to thank you for um, listening in to episode number six. You know, they're starting to add up now. <laughs> I actually have a series now. You know, when you start off with one or two, it's like, okay, I got a couple of episodes. <laughs> but now we have a series. We have something now. And I want to thank you for listening in. And yes, it is very early in the morning. It's not four o'clock. And I'm doing this on a weekday, which is my first one on a weekday. Um, because I was so giddy and excited. I wanted to do this one. This podcast today is titled Creating Profit and Opportunity from the Wild Locust Plague. And this is coming from my experiences um, as they relate to starting up my my animal feed business, which is called DuckFoodUSA.com. Everything I do is .com because, you know, I put the emphasis on it's online and all of that. And I don't want you showing up to my home office to buy stuff. You don't come over here. You go online and <laughs> get it online. <laughs> um, and I have a drop ship business. So everything leaves directly from my my manufacturing and distribution partners to my customers and my equipment company. This feed business is going to be I'm going to manufacture um, and maybe not. And it's going to be a bit different from my my other company where we, you know, drop ship existing products. So what I want to talk about is the process that I went through to get to the point where I am, where we're getting ready to start up. And when you when you start a feed uh, animal feed business, you, you know, need to have a source of your feed. Right. So I wanted to look at sustainable you know, pro- uh, uh, feed products. And some kind of way or another, locusts, wild locusts came across my radar screen. But let me tell you how this thing got started. I live down the street from a duck, uh, a duck pond. In my neighborhood where I live, I've been here 19 years and bought the house new. And there's a duck pond, literally I can walk to it and get there in two minutes. It's around the corner, I mean, from my, my house, just literally around the corner. And there's 11 of them in my development. This one's the best one because they designed it the way you're supposed to with flora and fauna around the edges of the pond for the ducks where they can go in there and lay their eggs and they can hide from the weather and the wind and all of that. And the other pond critters, you know, the geese and the, you know, and there's, um, you have buzzards that show up because they want to eat the food. Then the passing geese. And then um, after I started feeding the ducks, I realized we had fish and turtles too. So I call them pond critters. Okay, so I started feeding the ducks because the management company didn't do a good job of putting the the right food out over all these years. And they bred, right? And neighbors and stuff, eating the bread and all of that, not the right stuff. And they're fat. And at night, the pond, what I call the duck murderers, would would run them over because they're too slow and couldn't get, so they're fat and not sexy. So I decided I want to I want to live next to I want to see sexy and, you know, slim ducks that can get away from pond from uh, duck murderers and fly. So I started feeding them duck food like floating, floating shredded lettuce, which you can buy from your grocery store. That's the easiest thing to feed ducks. They float on the water and it's green and they love them. 
So that's how I got into this whole duck food thing from there. And then once I reached success and started feeding other ducks and stuff in my neighborhoods, I, I found that it brought down my heart rate. You know, if you look at all the science and you guys know I'm a STEM kid. If you've listened to my other episodes, I'm a STEM kid that grew up and I rely on science. I'm ex-NASA. My background's NASA, FAA. I can keep going. I believe in science. I use science. You stand on the shoulders of those before you. You don't go rediscovering, you know, <laughs> how to beat cancer and <laughs> this kind of stuff. You go read books and stuff and find out what did they do? So I decided I want to feed ducks and end up wanting to get into the duck food business. But it's really the pond critter feed business. Because once I realized more than just the ducks like it, and they get there to the feed before the ducks do, the, the turtles and the fish, they can see it from underneath the water so they can swim faster. They get there to the food and beat the ducks. So it's a competition <laughs> for the pellets. All right, so that's how I got started. So what I want to talk about today is how can the affected countries, the people, the affected citizens, because you know, for folks, for me, it's always about the citizens, citizen driven, you know, everything citizen driven. So to me, I through my, my odyssey to figure out if I could use wild locusts as a protein source for my feed, my feed business, and would it be sustainable? Can I set up a repeatable process to you to use wild locust process you know wild locust process uh, protein uh, as a feed source and I went through all of that to get to this point where I can just sit here and cavalierly just overview it for you <laughs> I mean really it's like let me just sit down and just tell them what happened and oh it's, I went through months of um yeah, anyway, so here's the intro on this. Wild locust plagues are biblical in nature and have been a source of pain for humanity for millennia, okay? And countries, the affected countries continue to practice insanity and continue to attempt to use chemicals to kill the insects instead of finding economic solutions. With that said, citizens... You know, they continue to suffer from the economic devastation and loss of food sources. These things, they travel every day. And I'm going to tell you, man, they up to 125 miles a day, between 60 and 125 miles a day, they cover up, up to about 6,500 foot up. And they get blown across the Mediterranean back and forth between Africa um, the Middle East and Asia and some parts of yeah in some parts of Europe in Australia the Caribbean they travel in these trade winds and you know come across the sea across the sea and the oceans so you, you can't continue to do what you've been trying to do that hasn't worked you have to continue to put smart people on the job okay and figure out what to do here I figured it out for everybody I have figured it out. This is why I'm doing this right now. This podcast will serve as a listening, a, a learn while you listen exercise for those that would, you know, want to go and attempt to use it. Okay. And the affected countries, the farms, the businesses, the citizens, 
They all lose money and food sources. And it's devastating. It needs to stop. Okay? They have not figured it out. On top of that are the international aid communities that, again, have put a lot of effort on this. I don't want to offend anyone here because, let me tell you, listeners, a lot of people go to work every day to try to solve this. They go to work every day. And when you are, when that's your task, just go to work and you get paid to go to work. That doesn't mean you're actually working on the problem at hand, right? It's, it always seems the people on the independent side of the fence who can just take a non-emotional or unemotional look or an assessment for different reasons, maybe academic in nature, can go and look and go, well, what about this? And if you are not independent completely, you no one's going to listen. You have to be the creative brother. You know, where you're independent from all of these people and you have your own reasons for doing it. They don't don't have anything to do with what they're doing. That is why I was able to figure this thing out, because, you know, my background is in solutions, developing solutions. And what I've been able to kind of perfect over the last 15, 16 years in my independence is to get there faster in your assessment. You don't have 900 people helping you, right? (laughs) Everybody has a piece of a job. Mm -mm. I came up when you had all the jobs in one body. Now, like computer science. My background is in computer science, right? I had four jobs before they broke them up into four different jobs. Now, four people do, do what I used to do. Literally, today. Four people do what I used to do. That's why I know what four people are doing or more. Typically, when I go into a room of the things that I used to do. Four people are doing them. So here's the thesis. Treat locusts as a food source and profit, a food and profit source. The solution is a profit from the plague exercise that involves government investment and citizen-driven efforts supported by local, local business. The local business is typically feed operators, feed business operators, but it's more than that, okay? And be rid of the dependence on the international aid community that continues to practice insanity and also treat locusts as pests. You know, they're treating the locusts as as pests. So imagine trying to, you know, you're, you're treating a plague of insects as pests. And you're trying to kill them as many as you can. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Have we seen movies about this? Don't we always lose (laughs) the movies up until the point where we accept them as, you know, part of us, part of, you know, they're they're our neighbors. The movies all in the same. We fight. We die up until a kid goes. Well, Why don't we just live with them? And everybody, and all the adults go, hmm, hadn't tried that one. And then, you know, we end up winning by cutting, you know, cutting, splitting the differences, you know, but it's more dramatic than that in the movie, right? This is the same solution. Eat them. <laughs> that's my, that's my thesis. Eat them. Okay. Eat them. Eat them. Eat them. And the business process that goes from catching them 
to the plate is the same thing as anything else in life that we do, right? Binary, right? So that's it. That is, that's it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> You've heard enough now. You, you can go from now. I mean, you can go now if you, if you just wanted to hear the overview. But you need to hear how and why, right? Here it is. The history, again, it is biblical in proportion. I can't, I can't understand how I'm, you know, I've solved this. Other people have, but what happens is other people solve parts of the problem. There has not been a business process that I have found that has been put together. And honestly, I'm not done yet. It has to be executed. And that's the fun part. The last part of this podcast about the Kenyan billionaire, you have to hear this. I'm not going to talk about it till I get there. That's the fun. Oh, you want to hear the Kenyan billionaire. All right. So the history, this plague situation is biblical in proportion. It has affected parts of Asia, Australia, Africa, the Car- and the Caribbean, and the Middle East, and, and some parts of Europe. And it's because the locusts, they get caught up in the trade winds, 6,500, as high as 6,500 feet up, and they get blown over from one you know, country to the other across the, across the, uh, the sea. And the devastation, they eat up everything. They eat up everything. They travel 60 to 125 miles a day. And they they land at night. Okay? And that is where, that's where we can win right there. When they land. Right? Because what happens is, and this is, let me tell you where all this comes from. All this, what I'm telling you comes from. You know, I went out and did the work, right? there's a proliferation of information out there that goes back decades. I mean, we're talking as far back as the books can be written. You can go get the information on this. You can. And the further back you go, listeners, the better it gets. <laughs> and the better it gets. For me, as an inventor and, you know, uh, systems engineer and, you know, and computing scientist and all of that, Um, And just, you know, a person that loves history because inventions get, you know, superseded by new inventions, not because all the time, because the new one's better. It's because it's just different. Maybe, you know, hey, look at this one. You pull a string instead of doing this other thing. I like that one better. And then becomes more popular, not better. (coughs) So in my mind, if you want to make some money and you're an engineer or whatever, just simply go back in time and look at old inventions that were used and reuse them. Find a reuse purpose. You make a mint just doing that by itself. So the efforts of the ancient are fascinating and they ate them. They ate them. But what happens is the people who ate them typically with the country folk, right? So as people moved into the cities, they became citified. Oh, we don't do that. No, we don't. Mm-mm. We left that behind. That's my cousins and my aunts. You know, they do that back in the country. We eat, you know, country, I mean, citified stuff. So over time, just like the uh, coronavirus that happened 100 years ago, lessons get forgotten over time. 
So the ancient, they, they figured it out because, you know, they're living too, right? You know, humanity is over three million years old as far as, it's, you know, what we know. I think we're old, you know, I think it goes further back than that as far as our, you know, modern humanity and homo sapiens. But um, so we have forgotten stuff. But ultimately, eating them is what we need to do. So the process starts where we can make money is when you when they land at night. And I did some I found some interesting stuff on what makes them land. I mean, well, they're going to land anyway. But it's like um, airport landing strips at night so the, the pilots can see where to go, right? Um, same thing with the locust. If you want to catch locusts, or what we call harvest, har- locust harvesting, <laughs> I found that to be an interesting word. But, you know, if you're agriculture, that's what you use. You're harvesting. So it's a good word. So if you want to harvest locusts, what you do, you set up light sources, so they 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 are they are drawn to the to the light. And what some people learn to do is is these big tubs of water that have to be a certain depth, right? Deep enough to catch all thousands, hundreds of thousands of locusts. So you need deep tubs of water and you put lights around them or in the water. So today what I would do, I would put LEDs around the rims of big tubs. And we're not talking, we're talking wash tubs that you can go off. You can go buy these big tubs for, for feed, to feed animals, right? Um, and you can buy them already off the shelf. So you buy, put water in them, put LED lights that are really high in lumens with high lumen, high luminosity. And the, the locusts, they see them and they come down to land. They're just attracted to them like moths. So they, they fly into the tubs of water and they can't get out. And they die. They drown. Next morning, you wake up. There you go. You've got your harvested locust for the night. So if you put a bunch of tubs in a field, right, that's how many locusts. You can catch millions of locusts. Millions. Millions. And they drown. And I'm sure not all of them do. But you catch them and you, you put the nets over the top. And then you, um, they dry, you can dry them in the sun. Because you don't need, you know, um, equipment for that. You don't need, that's dehydrating them. So you can sun dry them. Uh, you know, if you had dehydrators, it can go faster. But, you know, we're talking about really poor people, right? Really, really poor people. So they, de- they, de- they sun dry them. And then from there, you can pulverize them. And then they can just use very crude Local devices for that, you know, most countries, they pulverize their, you know, different, different um, agricultural products, you know, to eat. So that's not something that they don't already have either. You know, now the netting and all of that, that's something that they'll have to get. But people are smart. This is where the countries come in. They can provide nets. If they're smart, they can go to the international aid communities and, you know, get them to provide the nets. But that is the solution. It's very quick. And then they can either, once you pulverize them, powderize them, then you can sell them. You can sell them locally. You can either sell them dried, sun-dried to other people and let them do the powderizing themselves, you know, and put them in food. Either they can eat them. They eat these locusts. They're high in protein. Let me tell you about locusts. 
Locust shells, right? Um, they are high, extremely high, the exterior shell of a locust, extremely high in calcium. So if you go get locust powder from the store, and if you have joint issues, or you have a family member that does, go get locust protein flour, put it in coffee, make some pancakes out of it. It will help them. I'm telling you, it will go from, I can't move my fingers to, uh, to you have, you will be, it's like getting medicine off the shelf, but you're getting it from the locusts. That's what they're using in the medicine. <laughs> okay, so eat locust powder. It will help people who have extreme joint issues. But that's what the affected citizens need to do. Don't treat them as pests. Harvest them on the profit from the plague solution. Catch, kill, dry, and sell. Okay? Harvest, kill, dry, sell, or pulverize and sell. Okay? You catch them at night with, 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 the, with the tubs of water that are lighted, with the, with the lights around the rims. You dry them in the sun, you sell them locally, or you pulverize them, and you need some equipment for that, or you use local stuff. Now, here's how... The economies, here's the repeatable process. Feed companies can provide the pulverizing stuff. You can they can buy the feed, buy the locusts locally, and then take it from there, pulverize and sell. You know, bag up the the flour, sell it locally, or sell it internationally. Okay? You need equipment for that. It's just powder pulverizing equipment. You know? That's all it is. So I have given you the script for this. It's that simple. It really is. Catch, kill, dry, and sell. You catch them at night with lights or with tubs of water with lights around them. You will next morning. You will literally have hundreds of thousands of drowned locusts. And if you have more than one tub, two or three or four or five or however many, see you can go from a local citizen to if you want to have a business, you have more tubs. <laughs> Some citizens in some countries have, have already figured this out, like Nigeria. Out, out in the country, regions of some rural areas of Nigeria, they already do this. They, they, they're doing it. But, and what happens is they're making money. The people who are doing it, they make money. So like students, I read about students who are doing it. They go to college and they are paying for their college with the proceeds and local citizens that are doing it, you know, they sell them on the side of the road and stuff, you know, just whole dried whole locust um, and all of that. So people are already doing it in the countries, but in the I mean, uh, in, in the city, in the country parts of Nigeria, Israel, it's kind of a delicacy in Israel in restaurants, you know, you can go and eat them. Not everybody does that, though. Right. You know, some people see it as insects. Oh, I don't want to eat insects. So for those people, those, that's when you buy the flour, the pulverized locust flour. Let me tell you, I have partnered with locust, with, with locust farms in Canada and here in the States. That's part of me, part of my wanting to do all of this. So when I set up the, the, the profit from the plague process, then I had something that I needed to get done, right? So it came down to this. Do I do it myself or do I get, you know, partners in these countries? Because here's the problem when you do it yourself. Um, 
you these locusts they move every day they don't it's not like cows standing around eating <laughs> and you can go out there and that one and that one and that one and put them on a trailer and take them down to the you know yeah and go get you you know go get paid and okay see y'all later drive off and then it's their business from that point on you know Mm-mm. it's a plan it's this is different so what I came up with was, okay, I'm going to have to partner with people along a daisy chain as these things move. So you need partners in different countries, right? And you need partners along the flight path. Um, it's not easy. Not, not an easy business, not an easy, repeatable business process to set up. I mean, you can set that repeatable business process up, but then you have to execute it. And that's the hard part. <laughs> Look good on paper, but uh, whew, execution. So there it is. So I, so that happened. I had everything going. Okay, so now what do I do now? When I looked at the international aid community, man, and I tried to reach them, it's tough. Again, I don't want to offend anyone, right? And more than likely, the FAO is a, is a big uh, organization that um, is, you know, they're all over the world trying to, trying to help. But you have one person, the creative brother, who figured it out, profit from the plague. The FAO alone could, could take this business process and change the, the whole world with what I'm saying right now. So I definitely don't want to offend anybody with the FAO. If you want to know who they are, go to FAO.org and uh, look at the locust at their locust efforts. Locusts frequently ask questions. They're trying hard. There's a lot of money being put on this. But you still need one. All you need is one mind to change the game. The creative brother has the process. So here's where we are. Here's the part that I want you to uh, have fun with. The create the African the Kenyan billionaire. <laughs> what happened was, was that I decided the best way to go here would be to partner up with people, right? And, you know, foreign direct investment, FDI, right? And really what I want, I just want the flour and the powder. So if I could get other, if I could um, express what, you know, hey man, here's what I found, or, you know, hi, uh, Miss... Miss African feed op business operator. Here's what I have found. Um, let's work together. And I just want to buy the flower from you, you know. Or maybe we can work together in business and I can work on getting the equipment over and the nets and all of that. I even thought, I can work, I, I, you know, I can get this thing going to a certain point. But you need citizen-driven efforts on the other side. People have to want to do this stuff. You know, I can't, I can't make people do stuff. So it depends on motivated people on the other side of the fence. Okay. I ran across this Kenyan billionaire. And I'm not going to make too much fun of him, but I have to. <laughs> and I hope he hears this because he, he, he has a blind spot that I'm, I'm, I'm going to point out for him. His, this really huge blind spot for him that if he takes what I'm saying and listens to it and learns from it, he can be extremely more effective in his role where he is. I ran across this guy looking for partners, you know, and a video of him being interviewed by um, some news people there. He's a big deal in Kenya, right? 
and he's the son of a politician, ex-politician or something. He looked to be around my age in his 50s, you know. And if he's not in his 50s, if you hear this and you're in your 40s, I apologize, you know. <laughs> Go out and do some push-ups, do some burpees, you know, get that weight down a little bit, get that stomach flat, and then maybe I would have thought you were in your 40s. But I think he's in his 50s. And if he's older, well, then you look good if, you, if you're older. But uh, he's being interviewed and he's talking about, so he's talking about my solution, the profit from the plague solution. He's figured it out too. He owns a feed business, an animal feed business. So yeah, he's gonna benefit. And what he talked about in summary was, you know, harvest the locusts, you know, you catch them, you know, with nets and you dry them out and all that. And you, you, you catch, kill, dry, and sell them to me, and I'll take it from there. I'll process them. Let me tell you what he did wrong, Americans. <laughs> Dash Americans. <laughs> now, if you heard my podcast, my previous podcast, I think I, episode number th- uh, four, I talk about quit calling, stop calling uh, um, uh, U.S. citizens Dash Americans, and I'm, I just made a joke <laughs> about that. <laughs> stop calling U.S. citizens Dash Americans. So Americans, listen to this, because you know how we are. We're all about business. As soon as we see a business opportunity, the ones that have our antennas up, oh my goodness, we, we, we stop what we're doing. Oh, got to leave dinner, got to go. Got to go write this business process down. Okay, so he, in the um, video, he's talking about, you know, this process, you know, catch, kill, dry, bring them to me, I'll buy them. And so, okay, yeah, that sounds good. And I'm thinking to myself, this, okay, hmm, I might have my FD, my foreign direct investment partner here, right? And they call him a Kenyan billionaire. I'm like, okay, yeah. Kenyan, you know, billionaires are greedy. That's why they're billionaires. So he will, this ought to work. Let's see how this thing, you know, and I'll placate him, you know, I'll do some placating and we'll make this thing work. You know, all I have to do is buy flour and I'll be easy, put it on a, plane or whatever and bring it on over I'll bring over whole you know whole container fulls of locust flour and stick them next to my building and you know have enough for six months <laughs> so I got a little I got giddy and happy alright so in the interviewing process in the video it kind of fell apart but I thought maybe this maybe I'm wrong here he said something that most I don't I've never heard a business person say before uh, he says yeah um, I will buy them for 50 shillings and I'm going to sell them for a thousand shillings. And I was probably slurping coffee because I do these kinds of things early when I do these review, you know, I do this, this is side work because I have a business to run during the day. So I'm thinking I'm doing this early in the morning and I, I think I spit up my coffee because I'm thinking what kind of per- business person gives away his or her sale price? You don't tell the wholesalers what you're going to, you know, or the farmer, what you're going to sell your stuff for when you're buying their peas. Yeah, I'm going to buy peas from you for five cents a barrel, you know, a pound. I'm going to sell them for five dollars. What the farm? What is the farmer going to do? Going to sit there and go, uh huh. And then raise the price on you. Maybe not that particular point. But when they meet again, when you meet that farmer again, he or she has gone out and found some new customers because they're not going to sell you peas at 50 cents when they know that they sell for five bucks 
they're going to find them, them some new customers who will give them better prices. And they'll just tell you they're not interested in, you know, in selling to you. Rather than just going through the exercise of arguing with you about your pricing. And, nope. They'll just find some new customers and tell you they're not interested and just cut you out their lives and keep going. <laughs> we don't need to argue about your pricing. I'm not selling. So when he did that, I was like, wow. Hmm. Well, now I know how you got the billionaire status in Kenya. Okay. But that ain't going to work for the creative brother. Mm-mm. That's not going to happen. And then I started saying to myself, okay, I guess this probably won't work because I'm going to have to cut him out and go directly to the people. I have a, I have a business process. I'm going to have to cut out him and go to the citizens or find me a different person who is more fair because I can't work with this guy. But let me see if he spoke incorrectly, you know? So I found some other things about him, some other interview interviews, some, you know, some video stuff and some written stuff. Like I said, he's a billionaire in Kenya, right? So that's a big deal. Okay. It's a big deal here in America. So even more so in a country such as Kenya, that's, you know, a huge country, but they don't have 300 and something million people, I don't think. Um, anyway, so I reached out. Um through his feed business, his email address, and I contacted him. And, you know, I always call people directly. But here in email, I got, and then his assistant reached back out again pretty quickly. So I got a, I got a response from his assistant. And uh, so I laid out what I wanted. And uh, she gave me his email address and his phone number. So, you know, I emailed first. And you talk secondly. Uh, and I laid out what... What I was looking for, you know, you get straight to the point, do a little placating. And then it took him six weeks to get back with me. And he went and peeked at my LinkedIn profile. I'm thinking, well, he didn't, but his family did, his daughters and all this other stuff. And I'm thinking, will Bill Gates do all of that? <laughs> well, Bill Gates is the one of the richest people in the world. You know, you, I couldn't get to Bill Gates. Yes, I can. Actually, I'm, an, I'm a, a Microsoft partner. I'm probably two degrees from Bill Gates. I know some I have I have ex colleagues who work for Microsoft who are who are who are in the VP circle. I can get to Bill Gates if I want to. It would need to be something, you know, <laughs> it can't be some crap. But yeah, I could if, if it was. Yeah, I could. So at any rate, it took him six weeks to get back with me and his family peeked at my profile and all kinds of stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, well, you are trying to get to get with a billionaire. So, you know, they probably have a long list of people who are trying to get with them with all sorts of nonsense. You're just one of them. OK, you're on your way to being a billionaire, too, but you're not there yet. So, you know. <laughs> so anyway, finally, he reaches back with this email and it was horrible. I'm not going to read it. Like I said, I don't want to be embarrassing or I don't want to, you know, call people out by name or whatever. But it was horrible. It was like what I would expect. It's what you would expect stereotypically from an African billionaire. It is what you would expect from a stereotypical African billionaire. Here it goes. I wrote down three points for you. He advised me to do it, do all of the work. 
Everything that I, I mentioned to you earlier, catch, kill, dry, you know, do get that process all set up with the locals. Me from Sugarland, Texas. <laughs> I do all of that. I work with the international community and Kenya, the country, to set it all up. I mean, he's telling me what to do. He's telling me my business process, right? So he's basically giving me a ping back. That's what you call a ping in Navy terms. I got a ping. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. That's mine. That's my signal. I got a, That's my ping. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> so he acted like he was giving me a ping. I'm like, that's mine. Coming back to me from you. Not vice versa. And so, okay, set it all up and do all the work that I already know needs to get done. And contact him when I finish and sell it to him. So he want me to do everything that he said in the video. <laughs> Be one of the people that just, yeah, and then sell it to him for 50 shillings. Now, he didn't say that part. And I'm reading this on an early Saturday morning, you know, slurping my coffee. Uh, and he also mentioned the international aid, you know, rely on the international aid community, you know, and all of that. And I was like, huh, I was disappointed, listeners, only because it was so stereotypical. You know what I mean? You know, kind of like you go on TV and look at a movie, you know, a comedy from the 80s, you know, the Rick Moranis nonsense. And, you know, when they're going and they're acting stereotypical, you know, and you, you know, you got to celebrate him now. But he was really silly and geeky. When he was, you know, we're the same age. <laughs> it wasn't funny back in the day. <laughs> it wasn't funny. It maybe to a small, tiny community. Now it's like, oh, it's campy. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm. That's what you call wasn't good when it was new. <laughs> okay. But they made a bunch of stereotypical stuff and made Africans look silly. And, you know, the African, you know, you know, president, you know, the dictators and stuff like that. He kind of played that role. He really did. Disappointing. But I laughed about it and said, ah, okay, well, you know, okay, can't go that route. And then, listeners, let me tell you what happened. I'm getting a little personal now. <laughs> it doesn't take me long to, 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 to turn, on, turn on a penny and go a different direction from the standpoint of um, my brain and better solutions. Once I get a great solution, from there, I have a bunch of balloons attached to me and I'm flying. They come, they just keep coming. Better, 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 better. And all I need is time. And I don't mean a whole lot, just, just enough. From the time I read his email, and this is the truth. <laughs> From the time I read his email, I had somewhere to go that morning. And I read the email, did my workout, which I had a tough workout that morning. I don't think about an hour or something. I, Ooh, I remember that one. That was tough. I, I nearly cracked my egg that morning. I got up, walked to the shower, and I had a solution by the time I got to the shower from Locust. It was going to be too hard to do it. You know, the business, the repeatable business process, too hard for me to do it. I'm just trying to get a feed business off the ground, you know, and I'm looking for my ingredients. I don't have to go that far. <laughs> so I pivoted to black fly larvae, just like that. That's another sustainable source. And I can get them from Chile or from America. So there it is. That's the story. 
That's how it all happened. Let me close for you. <laughs> the main thing here I want to I want to teach is I want to teach to stop practicing insanity people in these affected regions. Citizens of these affected countries, I want you to do this yourselves. You have the process, profit from the plague. Catch, kill, dry, sell, or pulverize, and sell it. Sell it locally, whole to the folks that can do, you know, they can go and pulverize it themselves and folks can eat them whole and food and stuff. You look this stuff up, man, it's, it's, they, they love them. And if you pulverize them, you can sell the flour. So the folks to the people who don't want to know what it is. I don't want to see, you know, the, lo- the, the, the insect. I want to just eat the powder. And let me tell you, the, the, lo- the locust shell is called chitin. C-H-I-T-I-N. Go look it up and look at the, look at the medicinal properties of locust chitin shells. They are, it's fantastic medicinally. Get it for your loved ones who need it, okay? So that's it. Profit from the plague. Stop practicing insanity. Do it yourself. Citizen-driven. The key is citizen-driven, okay? That's it. And then for the international aid communities, pivot. Pivot to the profit from the plague process. Stop treating locusts as a pest, and start getting folks to eat them and, and powderize them and turn them into products and sell them to the world. Listeners, that's it. We hit 40 minutes today, darn it. <laughs> I wanted to get to 20, but this is too much to do here. You know, to, it's too much to talk about. And I want everybody to, I hope that this was been, this has been useful to everybody, okay? Hope it was a little bit fun too. The Kenyan billionaire, Mr. Billionaire, Mr. Kenyan billionaire. I don't mean to play with you. I want you to learn from that. You have a business that can be central in all of what I talked about. You can keep making your money, more money than you make now. You just need to understand how you fit in that business process. And you can't buy for 50 shillings and sell for a thousand shillings. You advertise that to the world. Let me tell you, in America, that's called a mistake. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) it's called a mistake. And that's probably why people may not be doing it. So you're going to have to rethink your pricing and be more fair. Be honest with you. The process is a great process, but... It, it, it's flawed on how you want to uh, pay citizens and they can just cut you out. You can just be cut out. All right. So listeners, thank you for visiting podcast episode number six. We will look for number seven. Have a good day. Take care.